Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It's Caleb, Adam, Rhiannon, and it's all of us. And we actually, for the first time in a while, have like a legit full show worth of stuff to talk about today. So uh, are you guys doing well um, before we jump in? But not really, because I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You guys doing well? Caleb is really sitting there going, please don't talk about the cats anymore. Yeah. Caleb's like, I hate cats. They're, they're fine. This I've is why we that he hated them. He just Yeah, I'm doing well. I have a bowl of ice cream that I'm finishing while we start the podcast. Just for the record, that won't be a cut. It'll sound like a cut, but Rhiannon just abruptly stopped on one thing and started mm. another thing. Stop teasing him about cats and started talking about my bowl of ice cream. That is delicious. Adam, comic shop going well, man. Everything that's going amazing. well. I was gonna make a joke and said. I haven't been well since 1992, but you know, comic shop's going extremely well, man. We had, so we did a soft opening to get the family kind of all trained up on systems and stuff. Right. And, uh, that was going excellent. And then we had a grand opening, um, which went excellent times 10. It was nuts. The whole place was packed. Um, there was a line to the door most of the day, most of the morning. Um, but yeah, there, it was super cool because <clears throat> there was 15 minutes all day Saturday where we didn't have anyone in. The rest of the day, there was at least some person there. And more often than not, it was a, a family. And, and there was a lot of stuff like yesterday. I was at the school because I was helping coach Mark trial. And then I came back to the shop and like the comic room was full of kids that had just gotten off of school and looking through comics and stuff. So that was, that was neat as heck, but no, man, it's going great. It's going really cool. It's, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's going really well. And we're, we're going to ride this awesome wave until, um, you know, we, we have to not ride it, you know, but, uh, we have yet to have a sale today in this town of 2000 people. That's good. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, I, man. I love the way I've seen like the community outreach stuff you've done for it. It's so cool. Like, thank you. Really impressive, honestly. Thank you, thank you. We're uh, we're trying to organize a stuff the bus event. If you guys have heard of that, with where people stuff a bus with non perishable food items and things like that. But we're doing that. We're organizing a con. I haven't even talked to you two about that. I'm <laughs> organizing PokeCon and. We'll see. I I have a lot better feeling um, after our grand opening about the convention. So you guys will have to come see when Marvel Studios is at the Pocahontas Expo Center, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> which is on the middle of the fairgrounds, right next to the goat barn. When you when you said <laughs> you're gonna start PokeCon and you had to talk to us, <laughs> like, oh, geez, Rhiannon and I are the star guests. Or the yeah, no, it's event. that's about it. Either that or like, uh, can some... we finally have a Save Daredevil panel? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yes, we've been applying at like all the cons. <laughs> the one, uh, the one, yeah, the one panel is going to be Save Daredevil panel. Um, Save Daredevil. Well, and you're going to have one. I mean, you're going to have Vincent D'Onofrio there, right? You can't have a con. Uh, that'd be cool. I'm not sure we could quite afford his con. Well, we'll have to probably get like. Uh, 80s mm-hmm. F list slasher person 
I was gonna say like Warwick Davis from Leprechaun, but even Warwick's out of our budget. So what other maybe Pumpkinhead or something? Yeah, like you know, like pre-strike Fran Drescher. Yeah, like I think her fame <laughs> level went up a little bit during the actor strike, but like before that would be like the perfect. Speaking of pre-strike Fran Drescher, we've got a post-strike Fran Drescher now. They finally got a deal done today. Oh, they got a deal done? It's over. Yeah, Yeah, have you not seen this, Rhiannon? It's over. What? I did not. I I did not. That I was not aware. So here's here's the full updates today. I guess a few hours ago, the studios came back and AMPTP said, here's the deal. You can accept this by five o'clock Pacific or it's going to kill the entire TV season this year. And there's not going to be any summer movies. Like if we're going to get anything out before June, you sign it today at five or we're dead. And then the next thing you know, the actors were like, okay, sure. And they signed like it's, um, it was a little infuriating to me, but nonetheless, it's over according Mm. to the trades and all that stuff. Well, they're so far not releasing any information, and they're calling it a tentative agreement. I guess that's until the actors vote on it. Yeah, right. Because they, yeah, it's got to go. But um, I mean, deadline says strike is over. They've reached a deal, and they're reporting that the strike will no longer be happening as of twelve oh one Pacific time tonight. All right. Well, I hope the actors got everything that they needed for it to be a livable career for more than just the top. So I admit that I'm only reading between the lines. It feels like the screen actors are not nearly as put together as the writers. Like, cause we went through oh, this yeah. with the writers and it was like back and forth. Like there'd be a proposal and six hours later, the union would say something about it with this one. The unions like the, the studios would be like, okay, here's a deal. And then the writers, the, the screen actors would be like, give us a couple of days to go over it. And you're like, what do you need? Three days. I mean, I know it's a big contract, but still, come on, guys. (laughs) Well, I think there was a lot more to the the actors. Like, there was a lot more on the line. Yeah, he's thinking, like, when they filmed season two of Daredevil, Peter Shinkoda was brought back as Nobu, but he had to sleep on his, in his friend's kitchen floor while he was in New York to film that. Because they, like, didn't pay his travel. They didn't pay him any lodging. They were just, like... Hey, maybe we'll give you a really big role in Defenders. Make it worth your while. Come out here. Um, and that is one of the things that I heard that they were fighting for was, you know, like if somebody is going to travel to be in your show, you're going to pay for their travel um, and stuff like that. So I think there was far more to it than the Writers Guild that they had to work through. But I also, I mean, like, I would imagine my actors are, I was just talking the other day, I was like, just getting the actors to not promote themselves or not promote their properties would be so freaking hard. You know, just, I think it's just a harder crowd to wrangle and organize and to advocate for. Yeah. Because it's a much bigger group with many different complications yeah hopefully they got everything they wanted i'm suspicious with the the ai stuff and all that but we'll see Uh, we we can get stuff again 
you know, but yeah, yeah, not until next August, but you know, <laughs> well, maybe we can get some press, you know, like yeah. something, please. Can Amon Bellani see... be on yes. the Tonight Show tomorrow? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to say, like, is there something that films after midnight tonight that she can go and do? Yeah, or the Today Show tomorrow morning. Something. Let me get some Amon press, and I'm sure we'll get some Tom Hiddleston press. I'm also interested to see just how quickly we get updates about, uh, you know, release dates and all that kind of stuff. You know, will mm-hmm. will Marvel be able to turn us around pretty quick and let us know? Okay, now that we know this, we can tell you when we're going to put stuff out, or is it going to be, you know, nebulous for a while? We'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, let's start with so that's like the fresh news. Uh, let's talk about the Echo trailer since it came out. I think we all have a lot of thoughts. Adam, what did you think, man? What did you loved it? Finally, uh, brought me back to the MCU. Who would have thought? It, yeah. uh, no, it uh, it looks great. I have zero complaints. I love what they're doing because it leads to other stuff I want to see. And you know, no, it looks good. Good on them for uh, listening to people, or so it seems. Yeah, for everybody's awareness, Adam was like, maybe we shouldn't stop the podcast. Yeah, that's how that's how hyped <laughs> I am about Echo, I'll tell you that. No, it's uh we gotta we at least have to do an Echo review or something to yeah. close it out. But um Oh man, it it looks great. It looks great. I love the the Marvel spotlight thing they're doing. We'll see if it, you know, just kind of fizzles out like the special presentations did. But um no it looks yeah it looks great um i don't have really any other thoughts other than i'm actually excited for once all right so i'm fascinated because i I think i feel the same way too i loved it i mean some of it is i think it was so kingpin focused that those of us that love vincent d'onofrio in daredevil just looked at and were like okay cool we're getting this again and he looks a lot more like Netflix Kingpin mm-hmm. and not so much Hawaiian shirt, you know, Hawkeye Kingpin. I think there's probably reasons for that, but nonetheless, like it looks more familiar. How are you mentally putting together the fact that this looks so good in the trailers and we have heard people do nothing but dump on the show in the back channel talk for the last year? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm not even sure what we can really say, but um, what's all been said regarding Echo? I don't even really know. I think we've just heard a lot of like, it's not very good. They're going to dump it all at once to get it over with. You know, the schedule thing is a sign that they're not confident in it. Um, That That they did additional footage. Yeah additional footage also that like at one point we heard like they almost tried to cut it into like um a different version and then that was a mess too like there was talk about whether they just turn it into like a tv movie or something like i don't know i just feel like there was a lot of random stuff that we were hearing yeah 
I don't really trust anything anymore, you know, because I had heard similar things from, you know, about Miss Marvel and everyone loved Miss Marvel, you know. Yeah. Um, the trailer, I mean, it looks from what we've seen in the trailer, it looks identical to the Defenders versus stuff, but probably with a larger budget, whether that means better color grading or better, you know, cinematography or I'm not I'm no not really visual effects in the case of Echo. But it's just, it's something different, you know, and after dealing with uh, multiverses and incursions and everything, apparently, according to the Marvel's trailer, we get another incursion there, you know, let's just give us some character work, man. If you can, I would rather watch eight hours of, you know, a good character driven story than a 90 minute multiversal cluster you know i don't i don't know i'm all about the slow burn now you know maybe that's because i stayed up until 3 a.m to watch defenders and i watched it straight through and i'm still kind of regretting that decision but if i brave that i can brave anything you know yeah i think caleb back to your question of how you reconcile like how good this trailer was with all of that news this was a kingpin trailer this was seeing Maya's world and Maya's journey with a Kingpin voiceover. And this is not going to be five episodes. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they did. Maybe this will be five episodes narrated by Vincent D'Onofrio while we follow this character. I imagine bringing this to screen was a very difficult journey, having a story where your your main because this version of Echo, where your main character, this version of Echo is nonverbal. Because Alakwa Cox doesn't, she doesn't speak. And like in the comics, Echo, she mimicked everything, including speaking. Um, So like she could speak just fine. So, I mean, I think there is a whole lot to this series and how it's going to flow and how we're going to understand what's going on that we still don't know. And I'll be very interested to see what it is without Vincent D'Onofrio narrating it. Yeah. I mean, I think the major question will be what his role is. <laughs> Cause if he shows up for 32 minutes of episode three and that's it, like it is going to feel like a very false trailer, you know, because this makes it look like it is the Echo Kingpin show and they put Daredevil in. And, you know, like, I just think there's a possibility that one of the episodes is very Kingpin Daredevil, you know, intense. And then the other four had nothing of them in it. And people are going to feel uh, a little let down by that for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was kind of shocked that they put Daredevil in that trailer. They very barely did. Yeah. Um, I missed it the first watch. Uh, we also got an announcement that it's TVMA and that it's dropping on Hulu at the same time. Hell yeah, let's go. I let's... mean, to to me, that suggests that they're... To me, those kind of go together. Like, I think they're worried about getting enough Disney Plus viewers if it's a TVMA thing, so they want to expand the net, you know, what it's available on, I guess. Um, I was a little surprised to see it TVMA after 
it's just weird to go from Hawkeye to this. I don't think it's bad, but it's fascinating to go from, you know, the family fun show that happens at Christmas time to the bloody show that you can't let your kids watch. You know, it's pretty interesting. I hope everything uh, under Marvel Spotlight is TVMA or R-rated. Just give us the edge, lordy, grounded, gritty grossness, man. Like, I mean, yeah, you guys, we saw Kingpin throw, bash some dude's head in in a dumpster. Man, that's straight from Daredevil season one. Let's uh, let's see some of this stuff because you guys haven't watched The Boys or Gen V yet, right? Caleb, you'd still like Gen V. Gen V's really, 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 really good. I mean, The Boys is really, really, really good, but Gen V's a whole other level. But man, man not everything in the MCU needs to be family fair. You know, look at look at comics they're still producing mature marvel comics right ghost riders mature you guys have been reading um ben percy and uh cory smith's ghost rider that's downright disgusting at times you know i'm pretty sure the punisher is probably mature rating um yeah, just give it's nice to have some adult stuff every now and then right and it's disney so they're going to want to um touch every demographic they can um and i mean it's just kind of it's crazy how this stuff works out because it's an organic bridge into disney plus hulu whatever that new thing's going to be called which will apparently be available in december as well or early i I don't know i wasn't listening to the earnings call because that new guy they got is oh man talk about his zonk fest So I think, I mean, it's also important to remember that Hulu had reservation dogs. So they might be trying to carry over that audience. That, I mean, like there's more than one actor overlapping from reservation dogs to this show. It's about Native American reservation dogs. If it, I don't know if it was TVMA, but it was pretty mature. Um, I think it was just by language alone. I mean, I watched a couple episodes. I'm pretty sure just they'd have Yeah, to. probably just the number of F-bombs. Yeah. Yeah. So they're probably hoping that there's some good overlap from that audience as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they like, I don't know, whatever their algorithm is that they advertise stuff to, advertise it to everybody that watched Reservation Dogs. And I think, you know, there's been some rumors that they're going to try to move some of this to network TV. And there's already the Netflix or the, the Hulu FX relationship where they do like FX on Hulu and Hulu, like Reservation Dogs is going to go to FX. So like if that's successful, they might try to do that, you know, do that same pipeline. I think it's a nice strategic move. And I, I think of these shows, if by the time Daredevil makes it to the air, they do end up putting it on FX, then that speculation that I made way back when it was originally canceled of where Disney could put it will have come true. And it would be the weirdest full circle thing ever. Yeah. See, we uh, need to keep MND going till then. <laughs> <laughs> that means we're like, have two years left. So. Yeah, that'll get forever. That'll be forever. I don't think have the Daredevil show is actually going to ever make it to TV. Have they been writing it? I, I know they have new writers. I would assume. Yeah, they have the new writers. I the say the writers rooms it. back together or something. I don't know. I don't actually get daily updates from them. Are you sure? 
Can you tell us after we get off air? I was about to say, sounds like you're I, <laughs> I will tell you the truth when we get off air. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just really interesting. Adam, you said it well. I mean, Miss Marvel's the other show that I remember just hearing bad things over and over and over about. And it's got like, what, a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes? And at least for me, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. You know, like... Uh, yeah. I think it suggested, if anything, maybe Marvel's, um, I don't, I think there is legitimate concern that the folks that produce stuff at Marvel, even Feige, that they're, uh, I don't know, their compass or whatever is a little bit off. Like, they don't even know what they've got that's good or bad sometimes. Well, and I think when those rumors came out, I I said it then, but I, I think there are people within Marvel that do not want these shows to succeed. They don't want the quote unquote more woke type of shows to succeed because then that means they're going to make more shows like this and they would rather just have their Captain Americas or, you know, get straight to Doctor Doom or something like that all day and all night. And if these shows are successful, that means that they're going to have to do more of these properties that some some segments of the fan base just aren't into. And I have felt that those rumors, especially the Miss Marvel rumors, I felt that they came from a disingenuous place, just trying to kill any buzz, hoping that the show wouldn't be successful. Yeah. Um, let me ask, is it a five episode run, I guess? Do you guys think they suddenly had the artistic inspiration to only do five? Or do you think they only had five hours of usable material? And so they well, we don't even know if it's five hours. You know, it's could be two and a half, right? Right. <laughs> um, it, I don't know. It feels suspicious, it, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think they did the best they could. And that's how we got to two five hours. So did Marvel confirm that it's five episodes? Someone did. Yeah. Hulu or Marvel or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's five. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's solid rumors. I mean, our our buddy Charles Murphy, I think, hopefully publicly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now is the part of the show where maybe I rant about something. What do you guys think about the Marvel spotlight? Uh, like, Hell yeah. Thing? Do it. Why not, man? I, I know it's, why not? You know, not every Marvel comic is, is connected. Um, so why not you know echo has nothing to do with the multiverse so help me god if kingpin does something and an incursion happens in a post-credit scene like what's we don't need that you know let's okay just so what does it mean then what does marvel spotlight mean i think it's marvel studios way of saying this is how these are the projects we're going to treat like we treated marvel tv and just kind of keep them off on their mm-hmm. their own little thing without any. Yeah. If something, if Echo is, you know, critically acclaimed and beloved by fans, maybe Echo will reappear somewhere. It you says know? Captain America isn't going to drop in here. Yes. You know, this <laughs> is a yeah. It's uh, it it sets your expectations where they need to be, and. I I'm totally cool with that if it keeps them from I mean 
I have not enjoyed their ability to interconnect with the TV shows so far. So if it does give us that, I mean, I enjoyed the Netflix universe when it was separate, but for ever since then, we've called it the Netflix universe when we could have been calling it the Defenders universe or the Spotlight universe or the Marvel Knights universe. So at least it's Marvel giving it a name before the rest of the world does. But it, but it doesn't actually mean not in continuity, right? Like they were very clear. It's not that it's not in continuity. It's just not where continuity is just not as important. Either. He said so. Yeah. We should get the actual quote up because he did say continuity, but he's it doesn't rely on larger continuity or, or something of that nature. Well, and let's face it, it's them trying to create a new brand and bring in new audiences. So hey, Reservation Dogs fans, come and watch this. It's okay that you haven't watched the past 10 years of Marvel. You don't need to watch that. You can jump in right here. Except for very clearly, the show picks up where Hawkeye left off. Like, yeah, we, well, we don't know how much they... With the eye patch. Like, come on. We don't know how much that they re-show. I mean, they so, probably spell it out. Here's my thing. I think it means nothing. I think it can only mean bad things because I think there is continuity. I think it will pick up where Hawkeye's left off. I think it is going to go into Daredevil. So it's going to be part of a greater continuity. Also, you can say, oh, this is a different thing all you want. But the second that one of these spotlight things blows up, like if Echo becomes a super huge hit, she's going to be in the next Avengers movie. Like, don't think they won't claw it back that way. And so to me, spotlight, it means a couple things. It means, hey, this thing is so crappy. We don't want you grading us against our usual curve. So let's put it in the spotlight category so that you won't criticize us if it sucks. Or, oh, spotlight, stuff we don't want you to pay attention to because we're kind of embarrassed about it. Or, uh, you know, like, to me, the spotlight is a way to, like, bargain bin it. Like, to me, it is just such a white flag oh, we don't believe in this thing, so we'll call it a spotlight because maybe we'll make you think it's artsy and that's why you hate it. I just feel like it's like, it just seems so lame to me because Moon Knight was not super connected to continuity. Like, do we need the Marvel Spotlight like logo on Moon Knight? Or or is this just a way to say like grown-up stuff? Like, is it like their black label? In which case, I guess, whatever. It just feels like a way to use marketing to make up for some other deficiency, either in this show or in the universe as a whole. But that's maybe just me. I think you're thinking about it way too much. I think corporate people like to do corporate crap where they throw labels on stuff. And, you know, to me, I put as much faith into this Marvel Spotlight label as like something packaged at the grocery store that says all natural whatever like right. it's it's marketing bs and it's like i don't i don't care yeah <laughs> like, well and i i think what's part of what's fascinating and frankly annoying for me is like for so long they did keep the netflix stuff separate from the rest of the mcu stuff and then they finally said, well, we're not doing that. Now everything is going to be together. And then the first chance they get, they go, no, actually, let's separate stuff again. Like, Well, no, first they said, so far, this sucks. And then they said, okay, we're not going to, yeah. 
I mean, I think that I think that step in between of them acknowledging that they were failing at it is a very important step. Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> Moon Knight was great. Miss Marvel was great. Hawkeye yeah. was really good. Like, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I, the it just it I don't know it grinds me the wrong way. <laughs> I was after I saw that bugged me. All right, um, let's also talk just a little bit. Variety had a big article about how in crisis Marvel is. Do you guys have thoughts on that article? I think it was fascinating that they put so much thought into Kang and the future of Kang, and yet we're still seeing Kang. So did the, I mean, the article didn't tell us what conclusions they came to. The biggest thing they said is that at some point they might take Kang and sort of jump ship and change to Dr. Doom for some of the stuff they want to do, which, okay, you know, they also said they might recast him. Yeah, we know, like, of course they might, like, that would make sense. Yeah. Adam, thoughts on the variety expose? No, I'm ready. Yeah, just move on from Kang, man. I'm ready for it. I'm tired of the multiversal stuff. Just, just recast him. Yeah, yeah, do something. You it's know, the I freaking mean, it, multiverse. He could look like anybody. True. Um, yeah, it's it's whatever. You know, I don't know. You know how much of it's true. I'm not ready to call fake news on it or, or something like that you know i mean i think it's you know marvel studios has you know objectively stalled you know i don't think anyone will tell you otherwise you know it's uh marvel stuff's more divisive than it's ever been before and uh, some sort of a reset you know probably needs to take place probably sooner than secret wars you know because it's been uh, it's been a, a, a rough go of things as of late. And um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I think for me, more than anything, the Variety article was just, just felt not like news. They're like, hey guys, did you know they have a problem with Jonathan Majors? Yeah, we were we were kind of aware of that, you know? Like I was almost I was almost shocked that they were aware that there's a problem with Jonathan Majors because of their complete silence on it. Okay. I, I mean like, that's what I'm saying. Like that was one of my biggest surprises is that oh, okay, they actually do know there's a problem with this guy and they actually do care. Yeah, I mean, they also totally yanked him from Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. As soon Cross. as the stuff yeah. came out, like all the DVD releases and all the social media around Disney plus drop, they completely scrubbed him from all that marketing, you know? So the idea that they have a problem there, the idea that, you know, the box office has not been as good for some of their projects. The idea that they have VFX issues around some of the properties. Like, I I just don't think, I think, Variety saying, oh, they're in crisis is really more just about how they painted it than giving us really any new information. I didn't feel like there was much I took away from that article that felt like stuff that we haven't talked about on our show, you know. Blade almost didn't happen and uh, they almost lost Blade. 
um and now blade is happening so i'm excited yeah some of Which that was have... interesting and um i think some of the stuff about you know it's interesting to even see the stuff about nia da costa and what you know her leaving the marvels post-production and then her being able to immediately rebut that like a week later on press was kind of a interesting little back and forth you know I think one of the things I never understand is when people say like, oh, they really got to, you know, the MCU's in trouble. I mean, I don't know. Do you foresee Disney not making Marvel stuff anytime soon? Like, no, but you know, it's a relative thing, you know, compared to what we know the MCU can both create content wise and, and perform commercially, you know, I mean, by those standards, I would say it's, uh, you know, I, and we don't, we'll never know streaming, um, ratings and any of that stuff. So we can only go by the box office, but yeah, I mean, by Hollywood standards, you know, Marvel studios worst thing is still the best thing at the box office, you know, but it's far from the good old days of Marvel, I guess. Yeah, I I still wonder about the shortness of memories. Like, it's been less than two years since No Way Home became the third biggest Marvel movie of all time. And it was just about 18 months ago that Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness made 900 mil. And it was just, what, uh, a year ago that Black Panther pulled in 850, you know, uh, worldwide. And then they did another eight eight fifty this summer with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Like, I don't know. I I, I hate. I, I struggle to see those numbers and just be like, oh, what a catastrophe! Right. You know. But you named one thing per year when they're releasing three movies and four shows. Yeah. You know, and we don't know how to judge the shows and stuff. So yeah, and certainly they got to make them cheaper. Like I heard, the yeah. Marvels was a two hundred fifty million dollar movie. That's great. Like you just, I don't how they keep doing that, and they think they'll make money. I don't know. All right. Well, you two talk Loki. Okay. Hey. Uh, wait. Wait, Adam. So you're just not going to watch Loki? I don't know. Whenever I have time, probably. Like, I have actually not hated it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure like, I'll like it. I like it. I enjoyed season one. It's just like last week I was actually like, I can't wait for this episode to come out. Dang. I, yeah. Yeah. Like watching it live, like right at nine o'clock. Yeah. Eastern. The, the other Central. question I have, Adam, is are you going to see the Marvels anytime soon? Or will Rianne and I do that alone as well? I don't. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I don't know when I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Cool. Try to get some rest. See you guys. See you. Bye. All right, Rhiannon. You just said it. You still have some faith in Loki. Five episodes in. That's rare for you. (laughs) I know. They might stick the landing. They might do it. Um, This episode was fun. And dark. Um... God, I'm trying to remember what happened. You know, I, I think it was cool. Yes, like, you know, we've been wondering, are we going to get to see what these people were in their real timelines? Yes. It was a little bit depressing. 
I knew that Mobius's real life was going to be depressing. Um, yeah, and him single dad of two kids. I don't know. That was hard. I mean, it's depressing to me that like he got yanked from that timeline. I guess to go and work for the TVA, but um, no. I mean, this to me, this was a nice little side quest that had purpose and it makes sense and and they did it and now i don't know where it's gonna go you know we're back to like not sure what's gonna happen this week it's interesting you said it made sense because i would love for you to make it make sense i felt quite the opposite that at this point there's the the whole metaphor of science and fiction and the problem here isn't the Um, science it's the fiction to me, that was their shorthand way of saying, this is an episode that will be emotionally satisfying and will develop our characters and will make no sense within the mechanics of what we've done. Yes. And so I didn't try to make it make sense, like, in the moment. Um, so, like, I can't make every single piece of it work out because don't do that with Loki. It's stupid to try to do that. But the concept of the time-slipping that Loki was doing and that that started off very random, but that him and Obi piecing it together to figure out that the time slipping wasn't random, that it was Loki going to very specific people at very specific times and very specific locations. And that sort of evolving into Loki, them being like, Oh, now I can control it. You know, I can direct it. I can, I can, like how the heck can loki suddenly time and space travel who who knows yeah like that doesn't make sense but it worked for the plot um so like that evolution and then them determining that all of those people needed to be together for whatever the heck they were going to do like scientifically no it doesn't make a bit of sense but like plot device and not thinking about it too hard that's a cool little side quest of getting the gang back together um and then sylvie telling loki that you know hey it's just you being a narcissist and getting what you want and all of that before realizing that the world was imploding Um, before she realized that the world was imploding that was definitely you know it had purpose it had an emotional journey and I don't even remember why they had to all get back together or what he figured out but he figured out that he could jump around in time and and with purpose and I don't know it was a satisfying episode for me it's so interesting because I totally get what you're saying on the emotional side. Yeah. Like the scene in the bar where she's like, what do you want? And he yeah. finally just says like, I want to have friends. Like, Oh yeah. Okay. That was like, that was interesting and emotionally satisfying and shows his growth as a character. Like all that was great. Um, The f- way that they turned him into magic and the solution to the problem is apparently just, Loki's magic and he can do whatever we need him to do to like fix the problems. I'm not a huge fan of that, but 
I, I, like I said, I just, to me, the whole thing was about setting up sort of thematic and character stuff and just whatever the plot is to let that happen is what it is. And that's just what we got to be okay with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's peak TV. I'm saying that I, if I don't think about it too much, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. My one other quibble would just be, we talked about how they haven't had as much fun going through history as they could have. Um, I don't know. All four or five people on our team all lived somewhere between 1950 and 2025. You know, like, I don't know. I think it would have been interesting if Mobius was like an Italian Renaissance painter or something like, you know, like throw in something bizarre and random instead of they're all suburban American people that lived in a time that's roughly the same as ours. Casey being an Alcatraz wasn't enough for you. I mean, it was at least something, but yeah, it is very Americanized history. It feels like that we explore in the show. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess they could have pulled something unusual. Maybe that's a hint. Maybe, you know, they don't care about branch timelines that branched in the 14th century. Or if Kang really is from 18 whatever, maybe it has to be people since after he was born. Since or he was born. Like yeah. I I think we've already thought about it too much. <laughs> Yeah. Not allowed to go deep. This is Loki. Not allowed to th- to think about it deep. Yeah. Maybe Marvel Spotlight means you can shine the spotlight on it. And think uh, about it. And it'll still look okay. <laughs> um, you know, OB continues to be just a joy. Like they have just given a perfectly just the right amount of like time, but not too much time for mm-hmm. that character and to let the actor shine. I just feel like all that has been pretty splendid, you know? Yeah. He's been fantastic. They, they need to just put him in everything. He needs to be like the nude Lewis. Who wasn't in much of anything, but you know, we want him to be in everything. Obi should be an Avenger. I was surprised how terrifying that spaghetti effect is. When, like, the whole world around you starts to go like that, like, it actually started to get me a little uh, claustrophobic, you know? Yeah, that spaghetti effect is great. I love it. And have nightmares about it. Yeah, when it started coming in the record shop and, I don't know, just everything turning into spaghetti is a weird, a weird way to go. Well, and it's so existential. Like, it's not even, like, a danger you can run from. It's, like the planet like the the cosmos that you are in ceases to exist like there's something very deeply profoundly scary about basically entering a black hole of nothingness yeah i think that conversation you mentioned um with sylvie and loki was fascinating that she sort of made him out to be a narcissist that just thinks that he's so special and he has to fix everything but then it turns out that like he kind of does have to fix everything, you know, like it it played with this idea that people sometimes get messiah complexes, but the inverse of that is sometimes you are called on to do something important to save somebody and if you don't, 
it's bad you know like i felt like that was again the writers just being smart about talking about sort of bigger ideas and bigger thoughts um in the way that they write the show yeah i agree with you that's what i'm saying like the writing does not feel insulting which some of the marvel stuff the writing has felt insulting do you have hopes that this will wrap up or are you hoping that there's a cliffhanger for a season three or do you have any thoughts about sort of the shape? I mean, I know you said, you know, plot wise, you're not sure what's next. Do you feel like this is a thing they need to keep going for more and more seasons or do you feel like, you know, two episode, two seasons would be enough? Um, I have assumed that at this point it takes them so long to make a series of anything that if there was another season, it would be like five years from now. I think at this point, my hope is that it ties into whatever's coming next or, you know, like I said, I still, I want, I want like this multiversal, whatever to tie in with the Doctor Strange multiversal whatever, to tie in with whatever we're going to see in the Marvels tomorrow. Because you and I are going to see the Marvels in the next few days. Yes, I'm the first chance I can get. Yes. And so. I'm, I'm going tomorrow night. I'm less hoping for like another season of Loki. I want to see it all to start tie in. That wasn't real sentence. I want to see it all start to tie in and tie together and and make this multiverse matter at some point it would be nice for there to be some coordination i mean i'm not too hopeful at this point because i thought secret invasion and the marvels would tie in but like it'd be nice if something that happens at the end of loki somehow has some resemblance or bearing on what happens at the end of the marvels and that all of that shoots us pretty directly towards where the storyline is going Cause you know, I think like we talked with Adam earlier, like being tired of the multiverse stuff. I think it's being tired of aimless multiverse stuff. Like mm-hmm. if it had a clear direction and a clear compelling plot of, Oh, this is the problem. This is where we're going. This is what's got to happen. I think that could be, um, that would be good. I think people would jump on board a little bit more. I think it's, I think it's all been vaguely multiverse, but as we've talked about, No Way Home's multiverse and Loki's multiverse and Doctor Strange's multiverse, they just don't feel super like they're headed in the same direction. They just feel like different like impressions of a similar concept. Or for that matter, some of the stuff we've seen about interdimensional things with Miss Marvel and Shang-Chi, like... It just isn't hooked together in a way that I'm hoping it might be by the time this is all said and done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Um, listeners, the main, I think what we're going to do, I'm going to try to get this episode out pretty quick. And then my hope is that we will, um, we'll probably do a really long recording next week. So Patreons will probably get just one big recording, but we'll probably try to do Loki six and the Marvel's, but I'll probably cut it into two different episodes. So the content is spaced out as my guess, but we'll see how that goes. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.